Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 255 of Bad Flips and Maple Dips. Justin, uh, I'm about ready to put in as much effort into this episode than the Jays did against Baltimore, which is to say, not very much. Well, I was just going to say, okay, thanks for listening for Patrick. <laughs> yeah, the episode might as well just be over now. The Jays, uh, I mean... The fourth game isn't over, but we I just it is what it is. Yeah, we we've had uh, about enough of watching it, so we're just ready to talk about this series. <laughs> yep. Inconsistent hitting, uh good pitching. I don't know if you could even call it inconsistent hitting, you could just call it consistently bad at this point. Yeah. That's fair. I don't understand why Danny Jansen is on the bench for the fourth game while Kirk well, is 0 for three with I don't two understand strikeouts. Why and, they... Pinch hit Espinal for Varsho when neither of them is doing anything right now. Could have just Espinal's, left the first guy in. Espinal has a 599 OPS. It's the lowest OPS on the team. Yeah. Uh, significantly lower than Kevin Biggio, who's outperformed him uh, in almost every category except for, I guess, batting average. But uh, Thomas Hatch trotted out there again. He's thrown 38 pitches so far, and he's gotten a grand total of you five outs and given up a run. Something crazy. That so, they keep trotting out Thomas Hatch? Is no, that going, going into this four-game series, Ryan Mountcastle was hitting 240 on the season. Mm-hmm. He's leaving. He just got another hit. He's hitting 267 now. He's raised his average 27 points in four games because he's like got like 10 hits in the series now. Good for them. I mean, they're uh, a great team. 11, 11 hits in the series, excuse me. And I, I expect them to have a lot walks. of playoff success, I think. They yeah. just look like a team that's prepared. So the biggest difference that I've noticed in this series between the Blue Jays and the Orioles is that the Orioles just, they put the ball in play. Yep. Um, and they're really good at just advancing runners by putting the yep. ball in the right spot. And we've just seen from the Blue Jays all year the inability to do that. And I think we're really realizing it now. At this point in the season, we thought, oh, like the offense is going to come around. Obviously, losing Bichette hurts with the right knee patellar tendonitis for, I'd say, like two to three weeks. He's probably gone. Um, that hurts this team because obviously he's the, been their best player this year by far. And losing him hurts. But, I mean, you've got other guys on this team – Springer is like one for his last 40 or something at this point and still hitting cleanup for some reason. You mentioned Danny Jansen being on the bench. Not sure why. Because, I mean, he's one of the only guys actually producing with runners on base <coughs> right now. Yeah. Um, and in late innings. And in late innings, yeah. they're and one with runners they're, on. They, like you said, the game's not over. It's the ninth inning right now. But the Jays are one for seven today with runners in scoring position, Patrick. Just another performance for the ages in terms of futility. While on the other side of things, Baltimore is currently three for nine with runners in scoring position, which although it doesn't sound much different, that's three extra. That's two extra hits. Yesterday, the Orioles were one for six in the game that the Blue Jays ended up winning, even though they got out hit. Whereas the Blue Jays were one for five. The only inning they scored multiple runs in yesterday was when they scored runs on three walks, two hit batters, and an error. They didn't have a single hit in the inning and managed to score three runs because Baltimore brought in a pitcher who's just wild as all hell in uh, Fujinami, so they got lucky. 
Are you ready uh, for the cold water? It's bad. George Springer in his last 15 games. Four for 57 for a decimal 070 batting average, a 197 yeah. on base percentage, and a zero decimal or a decimal 070 slug. Yeah. Um, either he's severely injured or this is it. This is the drop off at age 33. No, we were hoping wasn't going to happen for another couple of years. Guys, guys go through slumps. I mean, after Matt Chapman hit 400 for a month, he was hitting like well below 200 for the next month. It's just, it happens. It's just unfortunate that it's happening at the same time as literally everybody else on this team is going through a cold streak. Uh, um, Dalton Varsho yeah, this, this entire team is cold at the same time and then one guy gets hot for one week and then he cools off again and one guy gets hot it's just they haven't had any streaks throughout the entire season where four or five guys in the lineup have been clipping along at the exact same time Yeah. Um, and I mean I'm just still looking at runners in scoring position here Orioles in the, in the second game of the series that they won 13-3 to were 7 for 16 the Blue Jays were 0 for 7. Yep. Game one of this series, a two to f- or four to two loss for the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays were 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position. Baltimore one for six. So every game in this series, the Blue Jays were out hit with runners on base, including this game that's still in progress. It's now six to one in the ninth as Baltimore is just tacking on runs because the Jays are just going to let Thomas Hatch eat this one because he's going to go back to AAA after this. Yeah. It'd be great if you well, just get DFA'd, but I mean, this, this is another this is another problem I have, Justin. Is uh, it was only three to one, and they still had high leverage relievers available. They decided to put Thomas Hatch out there, and the lead for the Orioles has doubled, so it's almost the same as quitting. Yeah, like it's uh, almost the same as throwing up the white flag. And I think that's exactly what they're doing. It's pathetic, though. Yeah. I strongly disagree with that approach. They had anything. They could have done anything. They had mm-hmm. like, like Jimmy is available. Jordan well, Hicks is available. You see Eric what I don't understand too about even having Hatch up. You can't tell me that Hatch is a better option than say Zach Pop. He's not. And I mean, it, it's it's unfortunate that that Jay Jackson's going through the personal, ish, like, his with his child being born 15 weeks premature because or else he would be here and Thomas Hatch wouldn't. It sounds like Jackson will be back for this Boston series. He'll have to come off of the family emergency medical list, but it's like as soon as a couple guys like a Romano and Richards go on the IL, then the bullpen's depth is all of a sudden questioned. And it's and, uh, unfortunately it was two of your your levers who have been two of your better guys this year that got hurt. But yeah, I mean, like you said, they were down. They were there. It wasn't a big. It wasn't a big lead. It was only three to one. And then they bring in Thomas Hatch, and instead of bringing in somebody else to try and keep the lead closer, you know what's going to happen when you bring in Thomas Hatch against the team that's been just shit pumping you the entire series. Yep. Baltimore's got 15 hits again today. It could be a lot worse than six to one right now. So the question for me becomes: What is the purpose of squeezing into the playoffs so we can play Baltimore only to, to for this to happen again in a playoff game? Because this is what this is what will happen. If they play Baltimore, yeah, or even if they play Houston, this is what'll happen. Exactly what will happen. I would bet a lot of money on it. It's just, I don't know. I think putting out Thomas Hatch is not defendable, right? Especially when the game is close. I think so. We should be thankful that Bowden Francis actually gave us four outs while yielding only a hit. The game was close. This is the this is the way that the 
um, division or the, the, the wild card playoff round will go. The first, the top two division teams get a bye, which in this case would be Baltimore and he and um, whoever wins the cent, whoever wins the West, either Texas or Houston. So the Jays would not have to play Baltimore in the first round. Okay, so we're gonna get our wild card one plays wild card two. Wild card okay. one hosts all three games. That's what happened with the Blue Jays last year, and then the third place division team, which will be the AL Central either the Guardians or the Twins, will play the third wildcard team. So at this moment in time, if the Blue Jays, if the season ended today, the Blue Jays would play three games against the Twins in Minnesota with Man, Baltimore and Texas getting a bye. What, what a great thing for the Twins, who have really struggled in the playoffs for several years, <laughs> to have the opportunity to beat up on an also-ran yeah. team that just does not have uh, a like a, a fucking milligram of competition in them. Like I know I'm like roasting the team alive while there's a game still happening and they've still won 60 out of 110 games, but my God, yeah. they, the amount of money and time and effort to build this team up into a competitor. And at, they just, at least, choke. at least they aren't the Mets. Imagine how bad Mets fans feel right now because they spent how much money for like 340 million or something and they're eight games below 500 right now and sold off at the deadline. (laughs) I would have preferred to sell off at the, be in that position where you can sell off so you can at least (laughs) recoup some assets and then try to rebuild your team. Yeah. There are a lot of players on this team we're stuck with. Yeah. It's, it's very true. And I mean, the problem here is that it's just the fact that everybody thought that this offense would be better than it's been. And we're at the point now where you really have to question. And I've, and I've been hesitant to do this, but you really have to start questioning the coaches on the offensive side of the ball. And I mean, we, we've, we saw last year, the blue Jays offense came around. They started off really slow. They came around. We all kind of thought that's what this year would be too, but it never happened. They just stayed pitiful you know, and it hasn't, the turnaround never came like it did last year. So, I mean, if, if the season were to end today, the first move I'm making as a, as a GM or an owner in this off season is changing the entire hitting staff. All of them are gone in my opinion. If they're not, because I, you're, I'd be, uh, yeah. I, it'd be more shocking than I think any news we've had Jays related in at least 30 years. It's yeah. just like, it's, it's unbelievable how bad this team is at hitting. Well, yeah, and especially like uh, after watching this series, you can't tell me that a team with the guys that Baltimore has on it that aren't known for being offensive powerhouses, like, ta- like our Adam Frazier is having a great year for them, a 728 OPS. Um all of a sudden Ryan O'Hearn comes out of nowhere and hits 305. That doesn't happen without good instruction, good analytics, something happening in behind the scenes to turn these guys around and turn them into like their career best years. It doesn't just happen randomly, you know, to a whole team. It's kind of like how Tampa Bay came out firing at the start. They're obviously cooled off quite a bit, but they still have 66 wins and are firmly in a playoff spot. They had a bunch of guys like, 
Atlanta, you look at them, their entire team is like well above, like well, well above the major league average OPS, entire team, entire roster. Yes, they have a great team that they've put together, but you, they have no weak links. Like there's not one spot in the order. You're like, oh, thank God it's the number nine here. The number nine here is has like an 800 OPS. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy. I don't know what to but say at this what, point. That's what good teams do. Bad teams lean in on the success of previous seasons, hoping for the best. I mean, look at our lineup. Uh, I mean, Whit Merrifield's having a great season. I'll give him full credit. But Brandon Belt uh, is having a resurgence, for sure. The power is there, but he's not even remotely close to what he used to be. Uh, Vladdy, this is now the second... Uh, the second down year in a row. Uh, Springer has fallen off a cliff. I don't care what anybody says. Even if he is a positive outs above average defense, uh, defensive outfielder, the the bad is is gone. I mean, it's there in the numbers. I don't know how you could refute it. Um, Kirk is improving. Like, he's hot in his last 30 games, but his start was so miserable. Like, think of all the games we lost. Matt Chapman's average has dropped, like, 150 points. Yeah, but, I mean, he's hitting uh, his career numbers now, so. Yeah, I guess I can't be mad, but he's 0 for 4 with three strikeouts today. So, I guess I'm allowed to be, I think, critical of that. Uh, Dalton Varsho, the Dalton Varsho trade is a bust. I don't know if it's fair to say that because neither guy that he was traded for has done much lately either. So, Yeah, it's... but Moreno is still outperforming Kirk. and mm, I don't even know if that's true, buddy, at this I point. Would take, <laughs> I would take Gurriel's bat over, uh, over Varsho's defense. Uh, I disagree, but... I don't know. I think runs... I think scoring runs wins games, and Varsho has done... Nothing to indicate he has the ability to, to cash in runs. Um, and the game is finally over, mercifully. The Jays lose 3 of 4 on Baltimore. Uh, maybe I'm just, maybe it's just because right now in the moment I'm mad, but I'm like, I, I just, I don't think Varsho is. I. I just don't think he's a very good hitter. Well, and I see my problem is the entire team has dropped off offensively. And to me, that's a systematic approach thing. So that's why I'm not. Yeah. I don't feel quick to judge Varsho because the team as a whole, there's maybe two guy, two or three guys on this entire roster. I would say Bo Bichette, Whit Merrifield, Denny Jansen, and Matt Chapman, who have lived up to their either their career numbers or are exceeding them or are having like a, a very solid productive season for yeah. what they are. Those are four guys I can think of that, to me, when I think of a Blue Jay who's having a good season, those would be the four guys I would name offensively. <coughs> the pitching staff outside of the back end of the bullpen hasn't been a problem all year. No, not at all. You're right. Like, we... You, you can't be mad at the starting pitching. Barrios and Kikuchi have both been tremendous. Um, Bassett, for the most part, has been fine. Gosman got roughed up today, but, I mean, the Orioles are just a, a really hot baseball team, and they they made them work, right? And they nickeled and dimed him with a bunch of weak contact, seeing eye singles. So you can't really 
be too mad about that. He didn't give up a single home run and maybe one extra base hit the entire time he was in the game. So that that happens. But I mean, the only the only p- person in this orientation who's been bad is Alec Manoa, and I mean we we talked about him the the whole time. But you can't expect everybody to you can't expect everybody to be good at the same time. You know, it just doesn't happen. But as a whole, the Blue Jays lead a lot of leader in the top five of a lot of pitching categories, and there are some areas of offense where they are leading, or are, are close to the top, but not the ones that count. Runners in scoring position, moving runners over, scoring runs from third, hitting with two outs, things like that. And before Bo Bichette went down, he had like 15% of the Blue Jays' total hits. They were saying on the broadcast it was the largest um, hit share by a single batter on any team in baseball this year. Which, again, further goes to show you that outside of Bo, who kind of is his own hitter, has his dad that helps him out with in the off season with hitting coaching. Like he doesn't, I don't know how much Bo actually gets coached by Guillermo Martinez and the Blue Jays staff, you know? Mm. And I just, I'm at this point now where I'm kind of tired of defending the Blue Jays coaching staff in that regard. It's indefensible. So I'm with you. And I'm, I'm just at the point where I, I don't know why the Yankees fired their hitting coach midseason this year. Why can't the Blue Jays do the same thing? Obviously, the, number. the Yankees are in fifth place, but I mean, yeah, they're still above 500 and aren't. They're only three and a half games back at the Blue Jays, and they still play tonight, so it could be three games. Um, you know, it's just <sighs> it's frustrating to watch because you know. Sorry, the Yankees are already three games back. It could be two and a half after tonight. Um, it's just frustrating to watch because you know that there's there's something wrong. And it just seems like nobody within the organization wants to take the accountability in firing a coach. They did it with Charlie Montoya last year, which, I mean, was probably needed eventually anyway. It didn't end up helping them. They still made the playoffs and lost in two games anyways, but... I don't see the difference. I it's, don't see the difference in the team. They just they're losing in a different way now. They're just losing because they can't score runs. Last year they were losing because of strategical errors, putting their wrong pitchers in, leaving guys out too long. This year it's just the fact that they can't score enough runs. Um, Texas Patrick has scored 136 more runs than the Blue Jays have this year, while only only giving up 16 more. The that's a. <laughs> 130 runs is insane. Their run differential is 120 runs higher than the Blue Jays. Like, you can't expect a team that has scored um, at this point less than five runs a game to win a lot of ball games. The Blue Jays have played 110 games now. They've they've scored less than 500 runs so they're well below four runs a game or below five runs a game they're only giving up less than four and a half but at the same time that's not a huge margin right like they've played in so many one run games at this point like the blue jays are there's a stat for that somewhere i can't find it now oh they're uh 13 17 and 13 in one run games so they've played in 30 one run games they're seven and seven in extra innings so they've played in so many tight games 
just from looking at the stats, I mean, Minnesota's played in 15 games. There's a few teams who have played in 15 extra inning games and some teams who have only played in seven, like Boston. And Tampa's only played in five because they get resolutions, you know? They're either up by lots or they lose. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> there hasn't been enough offense. There just hasn't been. That's the that's the story of the season is the run scoring, home runs. It's all missing. It's just gone somewhere. Here's, I don't know where it went. <laughs> here's the most embarrassing stat, I think, of all of them. Uh, Toronto's record against divisional opponents is now 8-22. and 22. There it's are to be 20... 25 after they get swept at Fenway. Uh, they have 22 games left against divisional opponents. They would have to win... Uh, all of them, almost. Very close to all of them. At, well, no, they're 14 games below 500 against divisional opponents, so they would have to win... Uh, Too many. Is, the math is... Eight, yeah. yeah, they'd have to go, like... 18 and no that's even that's not enough they have to win almost all of them (laughs) they'd have to go 20 and 2 in the remaining games to get close to 500 the good news is they have one of the best records in baseball against non-divisional opponents yeah but that doesn't help (laughs) when you're losing every game to your division no, it doesn't, but that's why their record is as good as what it is right now, and yeah. that's why they have the third wild card. Yeah. It's See, because yeah. They are, they've beaten the crap out of the AL Central. They've beaten yeah. the crap out of the National League. Just pummeled them. So it doesn't matter who it is. I'm looking at team team stats right now, Patrick. The Blue Jays rank fourth in the major leagues in, in total hits by a team, but 14th in runs scored. Yeah, because their approach when it comes to driving in runs is pathetic. They are ninth in doubles, which is actually ahead of Tampa Bay. Um, But if you look at the home run category, the Blue Jays are 14th again at 126. Atlanta's hit 206 home runs. They have 33 home runs more than the Dodgers, who are in second, which is crazy. (coughs) Team batting average... Blue Jays are sixth here at 258, but if you go to OPS, uh, the Blue Jays rank only 12th there. So they they just have this ability to get runners on base with singles, but they're just they're lacking a lot of power this year. And I mean, you can you can get as many singles as you want, but if you get two singles and a ground ball, you've got to run around third with two outs, like. It's just the way it goes. Like that, and that's how it's been, right? They get two guys on. They had it today in the first inning, a single and a walk to lead off the game. And then get then they get nothing out of it. It's just the inability to advance runners with productive at bats instead of striking out all the time. It's 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 entire it's it's credi- incredibly frustrating to watch. Especially because you know they are still in the playoff spot. So like you feel you you almost feel bad for being critical because they are still in the playoff spot by two games, but they're playing the team that they're just ahead of in Boston for three games. They get swept and they're behind Boston by a game. You know? It's it's mission critical here with pretty much exactly two months left in the season. Because they go into like the first week of October. But you've got another fifty two games left now and that's it and you're only two games up 
I like you said, 22 of those games are against the division. So there's 30 games left against non-divisional opponents, the only teams you've actually been good against. And I don't know, I don't know where it goes from here. It's it's hard to say like what's going to happen over these next 52 games, and uh, you just don't know. <laughs> I I don't know what to, what else to say except what we've been saying all season long and what the problems are with this team, and they continue to be the case. I'm with you, man. If there's a problem on your team, like. I don't I don't know why you wouldn't fire somebody who was not who was yeah. demonstrate like imagine having that level of job security. Right. Well, you think of it even say comparing it to to compare it to the NHL. The Blue Jays are basically a team right now who either wins by one goal or loses six to nothing. And they win like four out of seven games or something, right? They're just scraping along in like an eighth, like the last playoff spot. That's what the equivalent is. You can't tell me that a team wouldn't either trade a lot of players or fire a coach who's in, in charge of power play or something like that, right? That's basically what the Blue Jays are right now. The runners in scoring position is like having a power play. If you've got a 2% power play, your, uh, your coach who's in charge of singing for power play is getting fired, like hands down. It happens all the time all the in time. the NHL where <laughs> head coaches get fired when they're not yeah. performing. Um, yeah. If I recall correctly, Larry Robinson uh, replaced, maybe it was Claude Julian in New Jersey at the very end of the season in the year 2000, mm -hmm. and the Devils went on to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. It's... And then the next year they lost in the Stanley Cup Finals, again, mm -hmm. coached by Larry Robinson. Yeah. So, I I I don't know. I I I'd, I'd love to hear like it, I don't know. I don't know um, what's going on as far as like what <laughs> leverage Guillermo yeah. Martinez must have <laughs> on somebody. But uh, like, yeah. To use another you, example too, like Taryn and I are watching The Last Dance on Netflix right now about the <laughs> Chicago Bulls, and yes. they they couldn't get past Detroit, so they brought in Phil Jackson. They and he was their assistant coach. They made him the head coach, and then what do they do? They go on and win a couple championships in a row. Was it like three? three? Yeah twice like it's it's crazy like it's sometimes all it takes is an, a change of philosophy internally and i like john schneider i think he's he's deserves to be the manager for another year i don't think it's his his fault that his 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 offense isn't performing i think that falls firmly on everybody in the analytics department everybody in the the hitting coach side of things who are coming up with the game plans for these hitters because the only guys who are really good at going the other way consistently are is, is Bo Bichette. I mean, Danny Jansen's dead pull. He pulls the ball. Vladdy should be going the other way more, but for some reason he's trying to pull everything and just grounding out all the time. Same with Kirk. Chapman's been going the other way with, with effectively more than he has in his career before. But again, like we said, there are maybe four guys on this team who are meeting or exceeding expectations offensively, and that's not enough. You need to have people show improvement and being worse than they were last year in Vladdy's case and Kirk's case and Springer's case, it's not it's not acceptable. And something has to change. That's all I got. <laughs> Vladdy Vladdy's hitting two twenty three in his last thirty games. Yeah. He's colder than cold again. I mean like the approach whatever approach it is, it's not it's not working. Yeah. He he hit uh two sixty in may which was a bad month for him he mm -hmm. hit 260 in june 
Bad month for him. He hit 239 in July. Bad month for him. I, I like, wh what else are you supposed to do? I don't know. And they they showed the footage of him hitting off the tee with Guillermo before the game yesterday, and that's what he does every day. But whatever Guillermo and Vladi are working on, it's not working. <laughs> like, you've got you to gotta try something new, guys. Definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, and that's what the Blue Jays are doing every day right now. Something has to give. They've got to change the routine, change the way that they're practicing their their BP drills, like whatever they're doing. Like it's just Vladi leads the American League in hard hit balls, and yet all of them are into the ground. Yep, right like into the dirt. The 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 exit velos, everything is still there where you'd expect it to be for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but the results haven't been there because of the approach at the plate. Yes, the contact is loud, but loud contact into the ground is still a ground ball out. Yep. Um, yeah, his exit velo is actually higher than it was last year. Ground ball pitchers? But his launch angles and his launch angles higher, but, I mean, he's, he's hitting way too many balls into the ground. His expected batting average this year, Patrick, 97th percentile. His XBA is 295, or sorry, um, overall his XBA is 301, and right now he's hitting 265, and that's that's purely based on like exit velos and and if, like launch angle. But the fact that he hits everything into the ground, it's just that's why his average is 50 points below expected. Ground ball pitchers are fucking destroying this team. Yep. They destroy them yep. because. It does like you. Do, there's no point in having Matt Chapman on this team, if, uh, like, if you don't have good ground ball pitchers, and we do, mm -hmm. and our defense is fine. It's not the issue. But on the other side, other teams have caught onto it, and they have ground ball pitchers that just fucking annihilate this lineup. It does not matter whether it's Cavanin for Spray or for uh, sorry for Espinal, or or Belt is in the lineup or whatever. It doesn't matter lefty righty. If it's a ground ball pitcher, they're gonna just fucking decimate this team because they have no answer and the losses the beatings will continue uh well into the september it's too late to make a trade they did not really do anything to improve uh hitting they didn't uh use any resources which is is fine because there wasn't much available for offense but we'll say that like it was a pretty weak trade market for offense this year uh, you'd have to overpay really really overpay and yeah. it's not worth it you know what yeah like <laughs> we just we just get finished being mad at the that the offense is bad but you're totally right it wasn't worth it to blow this if this team was leading the division and there's an opportunity to trade prospects to get better then you do it but you're clinging on to the third wild card spot. I think you lick your wounds. You hope that your internal guys like Spencer Horowitz, Addison Barger, and Davis Schneider continue to do what they're doing in Buffalo and come into spring training doing that next year so that you can force your your bench bats that are here, like the Espinals and the Biggios and everybody else, to either get better or get gone. Espinal won't be on this team next year. He can't be. I, I don't know, man. Like... There's there's definitely some holes for this team to fill, and it's 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 going to be offensive because everyone in your rotation outside of Hunjin Ryu is under contract or under team control for next year, still. So there's not going to be much to change there. You still got Swanson, you still got Romano. Jordan Hicks is probably gone unless you can resign him. 
but again, he's got to show that he's worth resigning over the last two months here as well. So, yeah, um, I don't have, I don't really have a beef with the pitching at all. No, me either. My beef, my beef is like Matt Chapman's defense alone is make make, makes him worth it. Like if he can hit two fifty for a season, fine, that's good enough. Um, he's right at an OPS of eight hundred, which means he is a very good baseball player in in terms yeah, of twenty twenty three metrics. Average. Um, the Brandon Belt experiment has worked, but it's not enough for me to say like, okay, let's resign this guy. No, uh, Vladdy needs to play like he's worth the money that he thinks he is. Um, yep. If he wants to be perennial MVP candidate, mash 40 home runs, uh, and get the big payday, he's got to play like it. And he's yep. been shit two years in a row. And how many arbitration years does he have left? A couple. A couple? So if his plan is to sandbag and then have an outstanding arbitration uh, three-year or whatever just before his free agency, I got news for him. It's not – like, he'll get traded. They'll deal him. Just to give you some context, uh, league average slash line this year, Patrick, a, a, a 100 WRC plus player has a 248 average, a 320 on base, and a 412 slug for a 732 OPS. So that's a that's a league average player. So we have a lot of players who are above league average for their OPS. However, this team can't hit with runners in scoring position if their yeah. lives depended on it. <laughs> yeah. It's just their the power has evaporated from uh, Dalton Varsho and George Springer's bats. It's just it's not there all uh it never was with kevin kiermeyer so we can't really be mad at him for being a contact hitter yeah yeah kevin kiermeyer is doing what i expect him to do kevin biggio is really like he's been better his last 30 games but he was in such a hole to start the year there's nothing he can do to fix his stats for this year and, and stats don't it's not about that it's about like you you got to be able to cash in runs runners in scoring position, and this team can't do it. And Santiago Espinal, I think, is an example of a bench bat who I think uh, I think we need to move on from. I would even rather have, you know, Otto Lopez up, even if he goes 0 for 99. Like, get, at least he's getting major league plate appearances, and he's under contract for six or seven years. Like, and he, he he's not propelled by a singular all-star appearance like it's to inflate his mm -hmm. value to the mm -hmm. team like i i just i'd love to see what espinal's last like including this year and then his last 50 something games so his last 162 games i'd love to see that slash line because i bet it's i bet it's bad <laughs> i bet it's i bet it's below way below even like, I bet it's in the bottom percentiles for second baseman. Probably. It, it ain't uh, I good. I don't even want to look at it, to be honest with you. It's not um, worth it. The good news is, Patrick, they've got three games against the Boston Red Sox. I don't know if that's good news or not. The only uh, starting mean, pitching matchup that we know both pitchers for is tomorrow night. It'll be Alec Manoa against James Paxton, the big maple. He's having a great year. As There's actually some speculation that he'd be traded, but I think the Red Sox see how vulnerable the Blue Jays are, and they said, hey, we can... Maybe catch these guys for the third third wild card spot and get into the playoffs. 
you love to see it. You love to see teams say we're going to go out there and we're going to mm-hmm. compete hard. And yeah. You like you like to see that. And I and I like to see James Paxton having a great a great year since he's come off the injured list. You know, the guy's pitching about as well as he ever has. He's six and two with a three thirty four earned run average so far. Going up against the guy who is not having a great year in Aquanoa. Um, Saturday, Great. Saturday we know that for the Blue Jays, um, it will be Jose Barrios, and Sunday will be Chris Bassett. We just don't know the Red Sox starters over the weekend yet. I'm not sure. There's no website that has predicted starters for them, so it could be a bullpen day one game. I'm not sure if one of their guys, maybe I'm not sure where Chris Sale is, if he's going to come off the injured list or not. I have no idea what's going on with him because I don't follow the Red Sox a lick. But uh, Saturday and Sunday starters are completely up in the air yet, so we can't really do any previews there. All we can say is it's Fenway. Shit's fucked. It always something always goes on there just to like either make it a twenty-eight to three Blue Jays win, or they lose in like the ninth inning or something on some weird wacky bounces off a wall. <laughs> it's just it's a yeah Fenway Park is a dumpster fire that needs to get burned to the ground. But uh, here we are. Um, not sure one will record again too because it's the long weekend and i'm going to a wedding so i won't be around to record after that boston game and then after that the blue jays are going to play cleveland patrick um <laughs> it'll be ryu kikuchi and gosman in those games if the which is going to keep their six-man rotation and it looks like it'll be gavin williams in game one one of cleveland's top prospects who's having a, a pretty solid season Numbers-wise, Tanner Bibby in Game 2. And then in the third game, it'll be Logan Allen if the Guardians rotation stays the same as what it is now. So we'll see how, how that goes. Are we um, being too hard on this team just because they're losing no, I, games? No, I really don't think so. I, I think I feel like we've tried to not be hard on them this year. But it's at the point in the season now where like we've said, there are 52 games left and the time for sugarcoating and hoping that things will get better is over. It's the time for acting now. They're on pace for 88 wins, which is not going to get it done. I mean, it might this year. It might, but it's going to be the amount of like... That's like that's the that's like the lowest win total I think you can have and still maybe make the playoffs is 88. That's what they're on pace for. And yeah. the thing is, out of those remaining like uh, 28 wins they would need to get to that like 22 of them have to be the remaining 22 divisional games <laughs> because you can't you like if they lose two games to boston and they're on pace to lose one already because alec manoa is getting trotted out to the mound yeah but why don't we just start thomas hatch saturday <laughs> and then sunday we can call up i don't know who's available yeah like sign drew hutchinson Ugh. like i just like what the fuck are they doing Manoa doesn't have it this year. He has options. Fold up shop. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I can't. I, like, am I crazy? No, I don't think you are. I mean, I don't want. I don't really want to talk about Manoa anymore. But I don't either. We've we've seen it enough of it this year where he one there'll be one start where he won't walk a batter, and then all of a sudden next his next start he's walking four or five and hitting poor Taylor Ward in the face. Like disgusting. Yeah. It's just obviously it wasn't intentional, but no, still, no, it's, no, it's no, just no, the no. fact that he was his, he was wild all day and has been wild most of the year, 
And yeah, he's got options. Why isn't he down there working on it before his confidence goes even further down the drain and is not retrievable? Who makes the decision of, of optioning player? It's not Schneider, right? Uh, he definitely has a part of it, but I think for the most part, Ross Atkins has kind of final say on on the roster. What does Alec Manoa have on <laughs> Ross Atkins that has him like, yeah, like so adamant? Like, do you think that he's gonna magically transform? Look, I don't know, man. I don't know what goes on oh. behind closed doors within Blue Jays upper management, but there have been a lot of questionable player personnel decisions this year and keeping continuing to trot out Manoa every five days or every six days now thank god it's only every six days um oh and by the way like Hunjin Ryu's back and I mean he gave them f- five good innings and then for some reason they stuck him out there for the sixth and he gave it I don't understand it they did it again they yeah, stretched a guy who's again. just not ready and he's just not and he's, you know what? Five innings and three what runs, I would have been more than happy with that. But yep. the start kind of gets soured because they sent him back out there again. And probably inadvisable. Why would you – a guy has a chance to leave his first start in 14 months to the day that he had his Tommy John surgery at, with five innings and three runs. That's pretty good. Yep. But they had to stretch him. But they had for, to go for it and push the what? envelope, and they paid the price. So, I don't know. Thrown away games. Yeah, you can't have that happening when you're the third wild card team. If you're up in your division by 20 games, I don't mind throwing one away, but that's not the case. This is what I'm saying, though, is this: there have been these small decisions, Mm -hmm. stretching relievers, stretching starters beyond what they should be. I don't understand. It's like watching someone play the like MLB the show uh, and you know how you can play it in a like quick mode where you can yeah. just sit there and press the V like the X button just yeah. to advance like throw the pitch or whatever and it's just like someone sitting there just pressing X <laughs> and then just driving their like forcing their pitcher to to stay out there uh, until they give up like six runs in an inning and be like oops I guess it's over and it's like are you like this team is not going to make the playoffs if they continue to make small, easily recognizable blunders. Like, pinch hitting... For... <laughs> Today, man, what the fuck are they doing? Santiago Espinal coming into the game. Yeah, as a pinch hitter. I don't care what the what the numbers say. I could tell you one number that, that makes me think that this was a poor decision. Decimal 599. You know what that is? That's Espinal's OPS for the season. And then they had they had the fucking audacity to pinch hit Biggio for Espinal in the ninth inning. Yeah. Why didn't you put out Biggio in the fucking seventh inning? Because it was a lefty, Patrick. Oh, no. Jesus Christ. You're already losing the, the game. Yeah. You, you, already, you already submitted by sending out Thomas Hatch. Jesus Christ. And that that's another thing too. I I can't get I can't get over this, man. You send him out there, it the message is pretty clear. We quit. Yeah. Yeah, he gave us 7 outs, but he gave up 5 hits and a walk and 3 runs. Yep. I don't care whether it's earned or not, it doesn't matter. He gave up runs. 
That's how you lose baseball games. It was 3-1. to one. They had a chance. They pinch hit Espinal, and then it just... Eighth and ninth fucking garbage. Man, I'm on a heater today. <laughs> it's it's easy to be mad after um, a frustrating series here. I mean, you're you're coming off of a series against the Angels that you probably should have swept. Yep. And the series before that, you probably should have swept. We could be one game back of the wild card, third wild card, by the end of this weekend. Yeah. And I would at that point, I would be like, okay. This is yeah. what you wanted. What what has to happen with this team before changes are made? I mean, right now they're based on their run differential, they're outperforming their expected win loss by one win. Like they're they're right where they should be in terms of the numbers that the team has put up. But the team that we thought we were getting is not the team that has been on on the field, you know? If they if they get into the playoffs, so what? If you yeah. can't you, if you don't win the first series so what who cares yeah you squeezed into the playoffs congratulations what was it for yeah <laughs> yeah you, you get to play houston i guess houston or texas probably... and they're one they're one game separated of those teams right now yeah. and texas is gonna it's gonna uh, be the central who they who who plays the the, the wild like the, the top two teams are getting a bye and i mean right now texas is eight wins up on minnesota for second division winner and baltimore's in first so like the central is going to be playing wild card three. And then whoever wins, it's going to be Minnesota or Cleveland who plays wild card three. Cause I don't think, I don't think Detroit or Seattle or Detroit has a chance. They even though they're only six and a half back at you could, 12 games you could, under 500. You could argue that both Cleveland and Minnesota are weaker teams. And yes, maybe Toronto would prefer to play them, but if you're playing for wild card three, you are, you're a failure. Yeah, that's not how you go into a season. You don't want to go into a season playing for the third wild card spot. You go in wanting to win your division and getting a first round bye, and yeah. letting other teams beat up on each other first before you have to play one of them. It's still tight though. Well, even though Baltimore has absolutely ruined our shit this season, they're only seven, what, seven and a half, seven eight and games half up somehow. on us. Seven and a half games up on us. So if they went on a losing streak and we went on a winning streak, we could find ourselves in the division lead. But that's not going to happen. Yeah, and not here's the way this why. team is playing. Because this team is so unbelievably inconsistent. Scoring runs. There are two teams out of the playoffs that are better, have better run differentials than we do. Yeah. Boston and Seattle. And I'm more afraid of them than I am of Cleveland or Minnesota because I feel like they're going to be the teams that pass us. This is this is even though this series that just passed was season defining, this series against Boston is can you save face? Because if you lose this series, if they lose this series, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm calling I'm calling it now. That is a bold prediction with 52 games left, but I think if they get beat up by Boston. I think it's over. I think I think the team will quit. It's bold. <laughs> I just think the team I I don't know, there's no I don't see the fight. I don't see where it is. I think you're right about the coaching staff changes should be done now before it is too late. A fresh approach can really shake up a team and and energize them. And trotting out the same tired approach 
is not working anymore. And it's, it's, I don't want to blame the dimensions. It's not juicing. It's not, you know, we're not going to criticize players conditioning at this point in the season. It's as you said, I think it's a, it's fundamentally the approach at the plate. It doesn't work. Whatever they're doing right now doesn't work. And they're going to play themselves right out of the playoffs. And if this team misses the playoffs, you got to think there are bigger changes that are going to happen, right? You got to you got to think so. And I'm not just talking about hitting the hitting coach. And I'm not I'm not talking about Atkins or Shapiro because they're not the problem. Yes, their call-ups are bad, but who else is there? I mean, I to be fair, I don't want to see Thomas Hatch pitch ever again in my life, but I said that what three years ago? Oh, I said four that, years ago? Yeah, three years ago. Thirty-five years are. ago, whatever it's been. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Twenty twenty-three. <laughs> Thomas Hatch is still getting high leverage innings. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's frustrating, but it is what it <laughs> is. I'm not sure when we'll be back. It might be Monday. It might be next Thursday after the Cleveland series. There could be six games between now and then, and. The Blue Jays could win all six. They could lose all six or end up somewhere in between. We don't really know what's going to happen because this team has been so wildly inconsistent that we just have no way of predicting anything. I'm glad I don't bet on sports because I would have no <laughs> idea what to put my money on right now if I was a Blue Jays better. <laughs> it's crazy. But uh, I think that'll be it for us today, Patrick. <laughs> yep. I got nothing left. I've I've said my piece. Um. Oh, I didn't think we did 49 minutes, but apparently we did. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun, I guess, mm. if that's what you can call it. But uh, <laughs> you can follow us on online on on, on the, the Zitter at uh, BFMD Podcast. I used to call it X. It's just such a stupid name. Uh, listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back sometime the next week. We don't, we're not quite sure when, but we will be back with another episode and hopefully the Jays surprise us. But for Patrick Marsh out in Halifax, I am Justin Anderson here in Saskatoon. We will see you next time. Ow!